0: Hello, I'm Cam Ruslan, and I am moderating this session for the GTLF podcasts. and we're going to be talking today about a new children's book out called The Malay Tale of the Pig King. Now, that's a Malaysian book, and I'm just going to say the name one more time. It's The Malay (laughs) Tale of the Pig King. I am here in Kuala Lumpur, in a bookshop in Kuala Lumpur, with the, the book's author. Her name is Heidi Shamsuddin. Hello. Hello. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your uh, CV in a moment. And also with the books publisher, Amir Muhammad. Hello. Of Fixie Books. And this particular one is under the Matahari Books Books Division yes. of the Fixie Books Empire. Yes, yes, yes. And also, uh, remotely, coming to us remotely from um, uh, Java in Indonesia, is Evie Shelvia, who is the books illustrator. Hello, Evie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to uh, quickly see if I can uh, talk, the just to give a background idea of um, uh, uh, Heidi and Evie's uh, backgrounds. Heidi writes short stories inspired by Southeast Asia for both adults and children. She's been published here in Malaysia with Oye Books, Oye or Oye's? Oye's. Oye's. Oye's, yeah. Oye's book. <laughs> Books, uh, Fixie, that's Amir's uh, book, MPH, and also the Oxford University Press. Then we have award-winning, award-winning, award-winning. And uh, she's, uh, her collection of Nusantara fairy tales has just been picked up by a publisher and will be hopefully coming out at some point this year or probably next year now?
1: Probably next year. Yeah,
0: I think COVID-19 has changed mm-hmm. things a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Heidi was once upon a time a maritime lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that comes in as well. Evie is, uh, Evie Shelvia is a professional writer and illustrator of children's books and that has produced 35 book titles to this date published oh. in countries like the United States, Malaysia, China, Indonesia, along with uh, several Book Illustration Awards from here in Malaysia as well as Singapore. She is also active in giving coaching clinics and professional workshops on book illustration, as well as participating in various literary events internationally. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the COVID-19 situation, Evie has not left her home in uh, West Java for six months. Is that right, Evie? Yeah, (laughs)
2: yeah.
0: Well, you got a chance to talk to, to some people now. And uh, Amir, Amir Muhammad uh, used to be a writer, mm. a very good writer, mm. I, I, I must add. But he, he left the writing world mm. to become a publisher. Yeah, it's more lucrative. Well, maybe we'll find out a bit more about that. Um, he uh, publishes with crowdfunding. Well, yeah, we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about that mm. w- with the book. But he publishes under uh, his his book uh, title is uh, Fixie Books. Mm. And the occasional uh, uh, subsidiary is mm. Matahari. Mm. Yes. And, um, and I think I should start with Amir. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about this particular mm-hmm. book, The Malay Tale of the Pig King, mm-hmm. the beginnings of the, the book came from you. Perhaps you mm-hmm. could tell us how the, the book came into being and, and what the
3: source material was. I think it started in 2014 when I read an article online. It was from Project Dialog, and the article referred to another article on the website of the British Library, and which was written by the lead curator of the Southeast Asian department, a woman named Annabel Gallup, and she wrote that one of the most intriguing manuscripts uh, from the Malay world that is in the British Library is this thing called Hikayat Rajababi. And she said that various visitors, when they come and they see the title of this manuscript, they would snigger and um, take photos of the cover. But nobody took the trouble to transliterate it because obviously it was in Jawi, uh, the old Malay script. And nobody had taken a handwritten, of course. There were no typewriters in 1775, at least not here. I don't know if they were typewriters in other <laughs> countries. But um, so I thought, oh, this is such a fun opportunity. Let's do it uh, because it's public domain. You don't have to pay the writer. Uh, the writer's name is Usopp Usop Abdul Uh So I sent out a like, call for entries on Facebook, which is my normal medium for this kind of thing, mm. uh, saying that, okay, this is the first page of this Jawi manuscript. It's handwritten. The handwriting is not very tidy. I could only make out myself maybe like 10 words in the whole opening page. Um, who can uh, transform this into a Romanized uh, script? And uh, the winner was a guy in Kedah named Ashad Mokhtar, And he managed to translate it so well. And it turns out that his hobby is reading these old manuscripts. And he knows the conventions. He knows, you know, when certain phrases are used, it's referring to another manuscript, for example. And he knows when it lapses into Arabic, because some of it does. And uh, so he did, a, so we hired him, and he did the whole book. I don't think he even took that long. Maybe he took just like one or two months to do the whole book. So how, how many words are we talking about? Uh, in Romanized script, it became about 40,000 <laughs> Yeah but so a lot 46, of it 46000 okay <laughs> but a lot of it needed footnotes because uh, the vocabulary is quite old and sometimes words are not used in the in the way we use them now for example a simple example is bercinta in the original uh, in the old manuscript bercinta means to be sad so jangalah bonda bercinta so the footnote has to say okay this means bersedih which is unusual because you, you don't use that word in that context anymore. And because this book was written by a single author, mm-hmm. it is very different from the other old, man, old Malay manuscripts we have, such as uh, Secara Melayu and Hikayat Angtuah, because it was not, meant, it was not written, uh, it was not sponsored by uh, a palace. It was not written to make the sultans happy. It was, In a way, it was like an independent novel. Because the writer, uh, Yusuf Abdul he was a merchant uh, who had traveled from Smarang to Palembang. So Smarang is in Java, Palembang is in Sumatra. And business was not so good. So he was waiting for the tide, the wind to change so that he could sail back to Java. So he had about 20 days free time and he wrote this entire book just to amuse himself. And what's amazing about the text is that it's very... Crude. the The dialogue is very vulgar. You know, it's very different from the old refined manuscripts. There's a lot of swearing and so on. And it's also interesting when when the writer himself interjects uh, and starts to say things like, "Oh, my business is not is not doing well. I'm so worried. There are no customers today." So it's like he himself coming in uh, to come in because he just wrote it for fun. It was not written for a mass audience. If, if, if
0: I could just jump in mm. here, uh, we're going to jump ahead of ourselves a little bit. We'll come mm. back to continually looking at the chronology of the mm. book production itself. Mm. But uh, Heidi, as Amir is speaking and talking about the, 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 the history of the story itself, do you, when you read the text, do you recognize what he's talking about?
1: Well, I actually came across the, the reference Hikayat Rajababi in um, an academic uh, paper on um, Nusantara Folk Tales. Uh, it's a personal project of mine. I sort of go around collect, collecting Nusantara fairy tales, and I saw this this mm. this name, uh, "Hikayat Raja Babi," which immediately it's it's just so it it it's so striking. So I went to look up the the hikayat, and I found Amir's book, and I read it. Like, but like Amir said, it was long, long winded, convoluted uh, there was no editing at all. Um, the writer just put everything, everything he thought of into the book, but at the same time, it's a very good story. It's a compelling story. So, um, I do rec- while, while I was reading it, I had to read it first time to sort of get the gist of the story. And then I had to go back and do a more comprehensive, uh, analysis of the story itself. So, yes, I do recognize some of the things uh, he spoke of. Sorry, you,
0: you read it in Jawi or... Oh, no, God. Yeah, in, in, in Romanized...
1: <laughs> in no, the Roman, no, in the transliterated version. Oh, yeah, that, right. Uh, okay.
0: Her
3: toughest retro... fa- uh, no, no, no. are long gone. Yes. Yeah, right, right, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, Evie, I want to jump over to you. Um, okay. This story is actually, we could say in a sense, an Indonesian story. Now, had you ever come across this story before?
2: Oh, No. The first time I know the this uh, uh, the king the story stories from Amir. Bah,
0: oh, he's he's a
2: yeah, um, you know, he's the, a The first time I know the story, and then it's already written by Heidi.
0: Right, right. I so uh, Amir, we you you had found the story, you had it transliterated into mm. English. No, no, it's Malay into Malay uh, originally. Yeah, uh, right, and then. At what point then did it cross your mind to create an illustrated children's book?
3: Uh, When I realized that other people are quite useless because um, (laughs) in the preface of the original Hikayat Rajababi, I made it a point to say, this book has no copyright. It's public domain. Please take this book and adapt it. You know, do a stage play, uh, perform it at Istana Budaya, do something with it. Or write a simplified version. And nobody did. Five years went by, and nobody did. Uh, even though many people downloaded the free ebook, I think tens of thousands have downloaded by now. But I don't. I don't think many people read it to the end, because it's quite hard to finish reading. So that's why I thought, oh, I think this story has still not reached many people. You know, pe- people bought the first book because they found it amusing, uh, and then there was like a mental block like halfway or even a quarter of the way through when there are so many names, there are like hundreds of characters, there are lots of battle scenes that go on forever and you don't know what they're fighting about sometimes. Uh, So so I thought uh, we need to do a simplified version so that at least people know what the story is, how it starts, how it ends, how it gets there. So I put out an ad again on Facebook. uh, Who would like to do a simplified uh, text? for this. And I, I can't remember how many people auditioned. I think about eight. About eight people auditioned. Uh, and Heidi's was the best. Uh, so we gave it to her. And for illustrator, I asked uh, our friend Linda Tan uh, for a recommendation because she publishes children's books. And uh, the first name she mentioned was Evie. She said it would suit her style. So that's how I contacted her.
0: Well, b- Before we get to the, uh, the illustrations, let's, let's go across to um, Heidi, so you you saw this. What, what attracted you to the project, the idea of rewriting it?
1: Um, well, it was a no-brainer for me. Uh, as I said, I'm a fairy tale, folk tale nut. So, and I've, I've, I was already in love with Hikai Rajababi. So I wanted to do it. Uh, and I, I do write um, primarily children's books. Um, and uh, even though it was different from what I would normally do, in, in translating sort of old Malay into English and ad- adapting it, I thought it was quite a challenge for me. So I, I was quite keen to do it.
0: Yeah. And how, how on earth did you then condense mm. uh, this very long, sprawling tale? Uh,
1: with great difficulty.
0: Um, <laughs> what, were, what were your choices? Keep this, lose that?
1: Um, well, like I said before, I read the whole book in one sitting just to get a gist of the tale. And then I just sat down and listed out maybe five or six key themes because I was working with, uh, Amir only gave me 1,200 words mm. to work with. Mm. So, this is just 1,200 words? Yes.
0: <laughs> that's
3: like one piece of uh, A4 paper. Almost. But that's normal for a children's yeah. book right, okay. for, of this type. That's quite yeah. long, in fact, yeah, for yeah. a children's book. Because yeah. yeah. sometimes there are like 800 words. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: And, uh, I had to, con- um, I mean, like I said, the, the original, the, his book was 46,000 words. So mm-hmm. I broke it down into five key scenes. Um, but the language was a problem. So I had to sit down and sort of like do a chronology of events, do a glossary of terms because the, the language was so old, archaic, um, and I had to look up a lot of words. Um, and, uh, also the names of people and the places as well just to follow the story through um, but towards the middle i mean i was quite diligent at first in doing that but towards the middle you just lose <laughs> lose it <laughs> because he describes everyone in that book and he will describe that person his chu chu his nenek moyang where he came from and it's all not relevant to the story so i really had to try and find the core of the story try to Sort of maybe mould it into more of a children's story. Um, I use the framework of a fairy tale, so I worked in threes. There, there were these three things that um, the Malay king, the sorry, the Malay the pig king, Malay pig king, had to do to break the curse. Um, So I tried to look out for, and and there were three main things that he had to do, Um, and then I sort of worked it out into. using a fairy tale structure
0: so um, yeah yeah it's it's it's. i mean i've grown up reading fairy tales european fairy tales mm. so it, it's very clear that it is in that um tradition mm. uh but evie if i can jump across to you uh evie your your illustrations in this book are to my mind really very beautiful oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank no, i mean straight away it's it um and I'm wondering what, because I've I've had a, I've had a quick look at your your illustrations, and you cover a very broad range of styles. So I'm wondering what were what did you find in the text, and what what kind of style were you drawn towards to create?
2: Okay, all right, um, yeah, you know, in illust- uh, children's book illustration, for illustrator, there's not only like drawing, but they have to tell the story by illustration so we well, um, we want that the reader and in, in this case children they read the story um by looking the illustration all right yeah so uh when you talk about the, my, uh, the range of my style actually for illustrator because we work in like different age of uh, ch- children's like for very young age um, uh, preschooler until like it's usually like to 15 16 uh, years old so and in this uh, the picking I got the manuscript first from Amir that's uh, Hades uh, writing and then I see that oh this is really really not for small children not for like Um, Yeah, young children. So I, and also the story also very heavy. So I think the the target is like for like um, older children and also maybe for adults to read it. Um, That's why I try to find the suitable uh, style that's still mine, but I um, make it like more um, adult maybe.
0: yeah, it, it is it yeah. is it is quite adult. It's quite dark. It, can I can I make an attempt at trying to give an idea to listeners what kind of thing <laughs> through, I, through this podcast. Through <laughs> this podcast. I kinda I I kind of see I'm reminded of uh, Morris Sendak's Where the Wild Ones Are.
2: Oh Wild Things. Wild Things, sorry. Oh. Uh uh-huh.
0: I I mean I'm i you do you, you, you tell me afterwards. I also kind of feel um, there's a lot of, um, there's a feel of Hieronymus Bosch, the, uh, the the Dutch painter who painted these kind of terrible hellscapes. And then also there is um, a fantastical Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. uh Really, it, it's a, a reimagined um, Southeast Asia. And a lot uh-huh. of poppies, a lot of poppies.
2: uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah, puppies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, didn't realize I that. wonder, well, 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 am I completely off the track? What kind of inspirations did did you have for this EV? Uh,
2: all right. So first, I think that I have to like um, relate the 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 reader in this case, children's, uh, to the story. But this is like from uh, seventeen seventy five, and the target reader is the millennial kids, children's foot on 2020 so i I first like i try to of of course i dig up like what's the lo- uh sorry the local content content from nusantara so that's why if you see the uh, uh, the pig wife it's like the head is like uh represented from wayango like if mm-hmm. you know wayang golek, it's not like like wayang uh, the, 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 puppets, it, the... Uh, from her huh, mm, from uh, Malaysia. Yeah. This one like a carpet uh, from from the wood, and then yeah. using uh-huh, mm. to tell the story. And then if you see the the body is like white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some people said oh, why it's white because because she is a ghost genie. Right. So I I think that children know that the jean is the colorless and then white and then I also put the quirky gown for for her with the collage technique. Oh, and she's not wearing baju kurung because she's a jean. We don't know what Ginu Santaro wearing after all, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if uh go back to of seventy seventy five. Um, if you talk about goose, there's a lot of ghost uh, goose story here in Indonesia and in jakarta Bandung. i I grew up in Jakarta and then after um the college i stay in Bandung. so i I heard a lot of story about the the goose story that we were in Gone because it's come from the Dutch area uh, sorry uh-huh. the Dutch era uh-huh. so I think i'm that's from that i'm i use that uh, concept to make the quirky gown for the for the gin, so I mixed up everything like from from the um, from the contemporary style and then from the uh, thing from the uh, local content and tradition, and then uh, uh, wrap up in that illustration. And then if you see the picking also have the pink color of skin. It's not mm-hmm. like gray <laughs> it's not gray like the ancient pig from the this region because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's simple I, I want the children to relate and make it more familiar to them because the pink the, the pig is a uh, pink for them for the children in this uh 2020 uh, it's not like gray's um ugly color yeah no he's yeah, he's, because he's... This is, He's because, definitely a
0: pig. He's not a wild boar or yeah. anything. He's he's a yeah
2: because pig. See, the book the the target of the book is still for children. Yeah. So yeah, I I want the story uh, that can relate and enjoy.
0: And did uh, did Amir? Uh, he's here now. But did Amir give you any uh, indications, any ideas, or did you just read the text and run with it? And did you work with Heidi?
2: Uh well I mean, said to me just like, yeah, this is put the Nusantara on the story, and uh, on the illustration, and the rest is up to you. Wow. <laughs> so I'm very happy with that, you know. As, as <laughs> I'm so happy if like, like no restriction, just go with that. As long as you use Nusantara I element for for the illustration. Well,
0: he's a he's a uh, he, he's a very hands-off uh, publisher. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> uh, I I just wanna I, I wanna get back now to um Amir, and ask about... So the theme for this uh, year's GTLF is through the looking glass. Oh, I didn't know that. It is. Oh, it is indeed. It changes my perspective it is, on it, the whole festival. Well, yeah. it might do because a looking glass is, um, is an opportunity to see a reflection of yourself. Mm, mm. But of course, you go through the looking glass. Mm. So you make physical the reflection mm. and you go into a fantastical world beyond. Mm. And this text mm. is is dare i say is not what i would associate with a malay a malaysian malay text for instance mm. right on the cover the mm. cover of this book there's a pig mm. <laughs> he's a he and he's a pig king and he's mm. proud and he's just doing his thing mm. that's uh it's some. Is this a reflect? Are you are we are you reflect? You wanting to reflect us? Are you wanting to take us beyond into the looking glass into some other kind of world? What was that's
3: a choice you made there, Amir? Oh, was it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but to me, it's a fun story, and um, yeah, the title makes people snigger, I guess. But I um, uh, just wanted people to appreciate the story in itself. And what I appreciate, what I appreciate about this book is that. It is a feat of imagination, you know. It was written by a bored guy, and uh, and he saw this book as a way to to escape into this other world that he created. Um, and it has existed all these years. There's only one copy uh, because it was not a mass-produced thing. So I thought that in itself is such a nice and rare thing for us to appreciate. Uh, the feats of imagination uh, that have taken place here. Um, It's, yeah, I mean, it's set in a country that now is called Indonesia uh, and it's published in a country that is now called Malaysia. But back then, there were no boundaries like that. Uh, I mean, of course, there were the Dutch and and so on, but um, it was a very different time where things were a lot more fluid, I think, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's just I wanted people to have fun with the story so Heidi mm. you,
0: and you following on from that you have you, you're clearly uh, very interested in Nusantara fairy tales as you mm-hmm. say did are you it does this story connect with the, the fairy tales you've wrote before and and also the fantastical otherness the oldness so what is it that attracts you to that Nusantara fairy tale universe mm.
1: Well, um, I have to correct you because this is actually not a fairy tale. No, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is sure. more uh, is a hikayat, so it's more um, analogous to an epic, mm. a long form uh, adventure story. Um, but it does have fairy tale elements, um, in that you have a, a character who is severely. Um, disadvantage in the be- in the be- in the beginning because he's a pig mm-hmm. basically you know mm-hmm. he starts his life off as a cursed pig mm-hmm. but along the way um, another element is uh, that he finds um, helpers along the way supernatural mythical helpers uh, the fairy of uh, Puchuk pudding helps him and mm-hmm. gives him a, a magical object uh, the the oh, knife mm-hmm. the magic knife that turns into that can turn into a fairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't know what this thing was. Yes, I had yes, to figure it out mm-hmm. in the in the manuscript. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, he, it's called Si Puting mm-hmm. and it's the magical fairy. Mm-hmm. So um, that that is in keeping with the fairy tale uh, sort of structure as well. Um, and then the fact that he has to go on a journey, a, sort of a hero's journey, I suppose, to prove himself and to break the curse. Um, So it falls within that context. And I wouldn't say European either, because I think in terms of even using the number three, it just makes a good story sense uh, to use three as a number. Um, And um, if you were to read the original, uh, the transliterated version, it is... it doesn't follow any structure. Mm. Uh, in fact, the ending is kind of abrupt. Abrupt, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, I tried to, because this is going to be a book for children, I tried to tidy up the narrative as much as possible to sort of um, mm. fit within that.
0: Right. But can I just r- r- ask again, though, mm. what is it about that landscape, mm. that his ancient landscape, that attracts you? that you wish to return to so often and mm. tell us about?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say uh, I, I'd i like to go to that landscape. Um, it's more like I can... It would have
3: a very low <laughs> mortality, uh, uh, <laughs> high morbidity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: lots of wars and <laughs> yeah. beheadings. And <laughs> um, it's more that the... St- story the elements of the story resonates with me um i think uh as a story um fairy tales folklore these things we call um traditional tales really there's always a tr- uh, a nugget of truth in them that we can as um humans uh identify with so um if you think of uh, I'll, I'll give a, a western fairy tale Cinderella has existed for hundreds of years, and why is that? Why does this story keep on adapting and changing? Uh, every generation, they take that story and they make it their own. So uh, I think uh, fairy tales, like I mean, stories like this, it's sort of a living thing. It can uh, move, it can be adapted, it can change to suit society's needs. Mm-hmm. So there's something special about that. It, it lives on. So Cinderella will forever live on because. It, it, she just won't die, <laughs> so it's it's like our hope that this will happen to the Malay tale of the pig king. The pig king will live on. Other people will take mm, it yes, and yes. run with it. You know, yes. turn it into there's fantastic battle scenes in there, mm. and uh, you know it someone could take it as an
3: animated movie, yeah, yeah,
1: or even a video game. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm. um, that appeals to me. The fact that it, this these kind of stories appeal to me. The the ones that can travel and uh, that can adapt and
0: change. Well, wow. um, Evie, uh, yes. perhaps you're the best person to to um, fill this out. You are you were born in Sunda. You're from Sunda. I'm
2: born in Jakarta.
0: Oh, you're, bo- you're born in Jakarta, and you, you grew up in Jakarta, but you've spent a long time in Malaysia as well.
2: Yes.
0: And now, right now, you're in COVID lockdown in uh, West Java. Um, this... The, as, as Amir pointed out, this is a story that comes from a place which is now called Indonesia and published in a country which is now called Malaysia. But you, do you see a commonality or differences in different places where they, these stories come from and the look of them? I mean, I, when I look at your pictures, I know you're Indonesian, so I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is very Indonesian. Uh but do you see that this 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 uh, Nusantara world has a a common kind of landscape?
2: Uh okay. Yeah. Um
0: Or or, or is it different wherever you go?
2: Okay. After like uh, residing in Malaysia for eleven years, um I lose track. If I go back to Indonesia and go back again to and then go back again to bandu so i have, I, have, I feel like um the same yeah <laughs> like, yeah even even if we uh, talk with the same language and then um if you uh, if you see like uh, um, see in my illustration I don't see any difference between uh, what we call Nusantara because we see like wayang golek like over there, and then here also the same, and then the food, and then people uh, in my in uh, so to me the um, people in uh, Malaysia is very similar with people in Sumatra. Mm, the way yes. they speak, yeah, the way they speak, and then uh, they're like uh, maybe also the colors of. Uh, Clothes they're wearing, and then also baju kurung is very similar in uh, with Padang and some areas in Sumatra. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. So when I uh, did uh, the uh, research for the book, I don't see any difference uh, because yeah, Java from from Semarang and then go to um, uh, what's that? from Semarang to uh, Palembang. Palembang. Yeah, I know Palembang. also been there. And then yeah, uh, Palembang is like it's very slightly different with uh Malaysian. Yeah, it's very similar. Uh-huh. And then mm. go go up to Pale uh, to um Padang, you know, the mm. uh, Padang City. Mm. Ah, Padang City and Riau is Sumatra. is uh, mm. Malaysia. Mm. It's the way they speak and everything mm. is the same. So I just put if you talk about Nusantara because it's come also from Samara, so I put that wayang and then uh, hmm. the, the closing also and then. But then I put a lot of uh, like uh, fantasy stuff in the in the story because that's the fantasy story, even though come from um, uh, Nusantara, and then we have to represent it to students in this days.
0: Hmm. Um, and and. Uh... You, 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 there you are in Indonesia. Do you think this book would uh, appeal to an Indonesian audience? Do you think they would uh, respond to it? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah? I'm uh, sure, like bring the book here to Indonesia. Mm, yes, a lot of yes. people ask for the books.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm trying to sell <laughs> <Yeah>. Indonesian
3: rights. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh right.
0: okay. Well, I want to. I want to take. A, a, you're talking about Indonesian rights. I want right. to take a quick sidestep and talk about the. The publishing mm. aspect of this mm. one of the one of the really interesting uh, features of this book mm. is right at the beginning. Uh, it'll say crowdfunding supporters
3: mm.
0: has a lot of names. Gosh, That's... about one hundred and fifty names here mm. in five different tiers. Tier one <laughs> and a lot of people down Depending on how cheapskate
3: they're. Yes, so a, lot, a, a
0: lot of people are cheapskates. They're down in tier five, and this was uh, straight away. It looks like. Um, this is the kind of image that I think of when I go to a museum. Museum curators, you know, we we thank the sponsors oh, of, yeah, right. of the exhibition. Right, right. But it's an I think it's a very, strikes me is a very unusual way to publish a book. But um, you you are an unusual publisher. <laughs>
3: what what's going on there? Yeah, this was the first time I tried crowdfunding. Uh, the main reason was uh, to publish a hardcover book. Uh, full color is not so cheap, and there are no big events this year. Uh, For example, um, when we published the first Hikayat Rajababi, we sold 1,000 copies at the KL Book Fair. uh, And unfortunately, there are no book fairs at all this year. So I needed a a kind of a guarantee that I wouldn't lose money uh, by publishing this. Um, So the crowdfunding was more like to gauge interest, to see actually how many people are willing to buy this. uh, So that will give me an indication of how many copies I should print. So I had a kind of a target of raising 10,000 ringgit and I was shocked when <laughs> when uh, we exceeded that in two days. So I had to take down the crowdfunding, even though some people begged later to be let in. Uh, it was quite pathetic. So uh, <laughs> I had to be firm and says, no, it's it's enough. We've, we've reached our target. Um, so I don't know if it will work again for another type of book. I think people, it's a kind of book that maybe People wanted to see exist. Uh, there's a kind of gap. Uh, so, yeah. So it started off as a purely pragmatic thing. It's to replace uh, uh, or is to make up for the fact that there are no big book fairs this year where we can make up the printing costs.
0: And when the profits come rolling in, do they go back to the level, the tier one and tier five people? Or... No, 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 no. But no, they, they, they get a
3: warm glow in <laughs> their hearts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a kind of book actually, that, that, uh, Heidi, I, it feel, it must be part of a series. I feel like it must be part of a series. Oh, the sequel. Yes, please. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it, it it's a beautiful book in in and of itself, but it needs to be more. Can you think of? Do you have stories?
1: I've oh, I've already given Amir a list of stories oh, wow. for the next. Uh, uh, what
0: are, what are they? What stories are they?
1: Oh, um, there's uh, hikayat uh, Malim Deman, uh, which is. Um, uh, story about you know the the maidens the from Kayangan who bathe at the river and they 're spied upon by a man who steals the youngest uh, fairy 's wings and uh, traps her on earth. you heard of that one?
0: i, I, th- I th- isn 't that wagner isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah. that 's what i 'm talking about about tales traveling yes
0: yeah, Rheingold.
1: yes exactly <laughs> so um there 's that in our tradition in our tradition um the nusantara tradition we have that version of of that story so that'd be quite cool to to, to turn that into a mm-hmm. children's book
0: and Evie do you have any uh, stories that you know of that you would like to uh, persuade Amir to go and crowdfund again <laughs> <huh>?
2: <laughs> I have uh, one book about the uh, monsters that's the uh, rabbit illusion if Amir already know Hedy Hedy you know that book right yes yes <laughs> which, which one is um, yeah, this this a this a rabbit, and then turn to be a monsters, and then turn to be a lot of kind of monsters, like continuing, um, uh, evolve, evolve, and yeah, the, the from, book, from being a rabbit. Yeah, the oh. book, a, a rabbit with with um, scarf in in the uh, using scarf, and then put uh, small flowers on the hair, and then tend to, tend t- uh, tend to be monsters. Uh, and that the book is like a wordless so there's no words on that oh sorry Heidi. Uh, on the illustration <laughs> yeah, no, oh. no, no work for you <laughs> Heidi. choose something else
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i it, you know funny Evie, you, you're saying that and i'm thinking of U- european um fairy fairy tale uh, well, that's not the right word we've already ascertained <laughs> uh, but stories uh, the brothers grim in boots etc. Oh, those are fairy tales though, right yeah. but um <laughs> one one aspect of the early renditions of those stories is that that i've come across this one that the story has no moral mm. there's no moral to the story mm. and they are immensely cruel mm. Mm. yes and they're very cruel to children mm. Mm. yes the, all the original um little red riding hood and all that yeah. you know she gets eaten end of story mm. and and uh, a book that i read uh uh described how the idea was to deliberately frighten children mm. the end oh. <laughs> if, if there was no moral and I, I was very i was reading this book because this is now 21st century we expect disneyfication the moral of the story is mm. i did not see a moral i don't i mean i don't know if you can correct me if i'm wrong but there's a moral of the story but also is there cruelty in um yeah evie was talking about you know a rabbit turns into a monster <laughs> is, is, there, is there heidi have you come across that kind of uh grotesque element of uh old stories from from this part of the world?
1: yes, plenty yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. oh our stories are amazing, and no one knows about it because um like Amir said it's it's hidden uh Publishers are not publishing it. Uh, you know, we are more exposed to Western fairy tales. I grew up with Western fairy tales. My kids also grew up with Western fairy tales, so they don't know our story. But um, I found at least 80 stories all around the Nusantara. And uh, many of those stories are 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 quite cruel. They're quite violent. Uh, they have some moral um, lesson as well. Um, I mean, the stories from Sabah and Sarawak alone are just like, they, they will blow your mind because there's so many ethnic uh, groups in Sabah and Sarawak, each with their own traditional tales. So it's just like fantastic.
0: Uh, Evia, I want to jump to you following on from that. The the illustration style in the book, The, the Malay Tale of the Pig King, you said you were aiming for a more young adult or, um, or even adult uh, uh-huh. reader. uh uh-huh. But there is a there is a darkness there. There there is a kind of it's it's I wouldn't say scary as such, but it's not that comfortable Walt Disney uh, uh, yeah. style. I, yeah. Do I'm you not, think? Yeah, that's were you consciously okay. thinking of that? Just is that just who you are?
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. If if Amir ask for a Disney illustration, to me I cannot deliver it because. You know, um, children's is not like children's world is not only Disney, okay. So and then especially because this book is not on uh, not not for young children. I think what I uh, drew, what I illustrate in the in the uh, King Pig book is not that scary, because <laughs> um, yeah. And then if you say about the, because the story itself is already like dark. Like, uh, if you know that, um, uh, book for young children is only content, uh, content like one, two words in one page and some of the page wordless. And this one is like more like a storybook, a lot of text in that, uh, book. And then also the content is like heavy. That's why I, I feel like, okay, let's do it like in the, a bit scary one. <laughs> right. Yeah, because if you see uh, the book I made for for young children is like very cute. Like mm-hmm. my uh, agent Linda Lingat always say, "If we make it as cute as possible, that I want to chew it. I mm. want to chew it. I want to put put it in my pocket. <laughs> it means very very cute." And then yeah, this for small children. And then it it w- not suitable for this kind of story.
0: So this this. The illustrations you did to this are more you are these very true to you?
2: yeah, I think that every illustrator <laughs> every illustrator will put themselves in the illustration cannot cannot get away from that because yeah, uh you know, I can say you have to put your your heart and your love and yourself in the illustration to make it like people understand. If no, the illustration come out as, as 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 like soulless or blank, something like that, maybe.
0: Right. Well, as as we start to um come to the end of this podcast, I, I want to go around the three of you and ask you if you're planning to. I mean, you may or may not ever work together again. We don't. <laughs> we don't know. Will will the band come back together? We don't know. But I want to ask if. Um, with the the kind of uh, quality that uh, the Malay tale of the Pig King has, be it its fairy tale, its otherworldliness, and also its illustrated um, hardback uh, quality production values, if if you're going to be planning to go in that kind of direction again in another way, Amir, can I start with you? You're the publisher. Are you, <laughs> have you learned... The lesson, are you not going to do this again? Or you Oh, no,
3: to... no. I'm already planning a, another book. Uh, it's very different. It's more contemporary. It's set in Malaysia in the 70s, a lot of it. Uh, but it's the same size and the same number of pages. Uh, it's called The Life of Botachin. So, um, <laughs> you better tell people who yeah, he was. Yeah, so it's it's to introduce him to people who maybe don't know. Well, t- tell the people they don't yeah. know. Who he is. Uh, Botachin was a notorious criminal. <laughs> um, a robber, a bank robber, and he was famous because he was involved in many like armed ambushes, and he would never get killed. So he had a reputation for being uh, invincible, and a bit of a Robin Hood. Yes, he also had a reputation for uh, giving money back to the poor uh, and like stealing from people who deserve deserve it that kind yeah, of thing but some of it was just probably just like
0: myth making yeah you know. and, he, and he got shot behind a pizza joint in Damansara Heights so ah. it's, it's got it's got that Nusantara mythology <laughs> definitely right yeah. okay we look forward to that one yeah. um, Heidi are you I mean you this is your your landscape mm. but uh, are you gonna be pursuing this kind of uh, landscape again
1: um, I th-
0: with illustrations oh
1: if uh, if if possible, yes, uh, I'd love to work in a uh, picture book, uh, the picture book area. Um, but uh, I'll, I think in the coming year, I'm focusing on the Nusantara fairy tales. I've got that book coming out, um, and I'm w- working with an editor. I'll be working with an editor to, to get that together. Um, I'm also work collaborating with Kaki Sini to do a um, collaboration of a uh, uh, series of videos with local artists um, where I tell the story, where I tell a Nusatara story and they sort of interpret it in their own sort of fashion. Mm. That's on the cards as well. So I think for the next year or so, I'll be doing this.
0: All right, Wonderful. We look forward to those. And Evie, if I can come to you. So you you are a professional illustrator. So you're going to obviously be doing... Illustrations that are so cute, you want to eat them. <laughs> um, but are you? Are you also? Uh, would you like to do this kind of thing again? Would you like to do these fantastical um, images again? Uh, do you have a plan to do that again?
2: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, um, actually, if you ask me, I prefer to do illustration like that than the cute one. I I want to chew it because. <laughs> Uh this but that's part of my job, so I cannot avoid it. So if I uh if you ask me which one I prefer to do in the next project, yeah, I, I like to do things like the packing, which I can get explore more about uh style and everything to the to make the story like uh different and come alive.
0: Maybe the, the botak chin story. <laughs> would be the way to go well um, I'm going to end this now I just want to say that this is I think this this story, this book The Malay Tale of the Pig King is a really very beautiful book and uh, the words, the illustrations and also well done to you Amir for for coming up with it and and pursuing it it's kind of unique I think in Malaysian publishing I Mm. cannot think of anything close to it Mm, because
3: it's aimed at sardonic children Oh, that, or, or that niche parents. market. Yeah, that yeah, niche that's market. quite niche because a lot of children's books, I think, assume children are very innocent mm. and very naive, yeah. uh, which of course we know they're not. Yeah. So, so <laughs> precocious, precocious children. Then. So, yeah. folks, if you um, I sh-
0: uh, you you gave me this copy, so I don't know what the cover price is. So it's thirty five ringgit. Thirty five ringgit, <laughs> and despite COVID nineteen, it's now available in. A bookshop near you. Mm,
3: in, and uh, Shopee, you can get it online.
0: A online, oh, Okay. <laughs> and it's um, like I say, it's a really wonderful book. It's a lovely book. So um I'd like to thank uh the publisher of the book, Amir Mohammed, and and the author of the book, uh Heidi Shamsuddin, as well as all the way over in uh West Java, the illustrator, Evie Shelvia. Thank you, all three of you for joining us today thank you thank you
1: for having us thank you
0: (laughs) and um, and my name is Cam Ruslan and this has been a podcast for the GTLF um, podcast series thank you very much for joining us